Tappers, what's up? It is the Daily Tap for Tuesday, March 16th. Hope everybody is doing well. Good show today. We're going to talk about why Aaron Jones came back if they drafted A.J. Dillon. We'll get into that. I have five reasons, six reasons. I got a lot of reasons. I got all the reasons for you. So that's how we kick off our podcast. Talk about Corey Lindsley going to Los Angeles as well as a bunch of other free agent smoke as the year kind of kicked off in the NFL. Giannis continues to be a triple-double machine and work his way into the MVP conversation. Plus, what worries me about Brooklyn? Uh, there's a lot of things, but there's one specific thing I want to talk about today, and then why Ryan Braun might be done. It does not look good for those of us who love Ryan Braun. It doesn't look like we're going to get to cheer for him again. But like I said, this is an awesome show. We're brought to you by Snowtap WI Madness. It is our bracket pool. It is linked out. It is pinned on the top of our tweet. I don't know if I have it pinned on Facebook. I probably should do that. We'll link it out again sometime today. You have time to still sign up. I think we're at 16 people right now. It's early. Um, so hopefully more and more people sign up as we get closer and closer to the first NCAA tournament in two years. Um, we probably won't do a podcast on Saturday after the Badger game, just FYI. Um, I don't think I have any time. Um, I'm actually going to be headed over to Murph's, and we're going to be working on our draft project that will be debuting next week. So look forward to that. I'm very excited uh, for that portion of what we're doing on SoTapWI. I think that's going to be awesome. I think you guys are really going to dig that. And can't wait to debut it next week. But let's talk about today. And we do talk a lot about the draft in a weird way today because we talk about A.J. Dillon. So the kind of theory thought uh, after Aaron Jones gets his big deal from the Green Bay Packers is why did Green Bay draft A.J. Dillon? If the plan all along was to sign Aaron Jones, why the hell did you waste a second round pick on A.J. Dillon? A.J. Dillon was supposed to be the future. I think a lot of us thought that way, right? I think when we saw A.J. Dillon draft in the second round, which a lot of people thought was overvalued and laughed at, and then A.J. Dillon went crazy against Tennessee last year, uh, rushing for over 100 yards in that game. The, the thought was, well, it's Aaron Jones' replacement. It's the guy that's going to basically be the new Aaron Jones, even though they're two entirely different running backs. That was sort of the thought. And so a lot of people came back and was like, well, why are you giving Aaron Jones all this money? And why is Aaron Jones still the guy? Well, let's go over the reasons. And there are a lot of them. And I, I think if you are someone who's wondering this themselves, I think I will basically convince you that this Aaron Jones thing makes sense and that you're on board. So let's get into it. Number one, Aaron Jones is a really good running back. That's point blank. He's a top five back in the league. If you don't have Aaron Jones on your team, you take an immediate step back. Green Bay is a different team without Aaron Jones. Simply put, you saw it a couple of games when he was out with an injury and you needed you needed that guy. And could A.J. Dillon become a top five running back this year? Maybe, but it, there's no guarantees on that. So if you could get Jones at an affordable price, which is what Green Bay did, we do not have those contract details out just yet, 
but I guarantee you it is a backloaded deal. And I guarantee you that they are ready for the cap to explode in the next couple years and that Green Bay will have an out in year number two. So that's why you bring Aaron Jones back. He is a really good running back. He is among, if he's not top five, he's definitely top 10. And to have that talent on your roster when you're trying to get to a Super Bowl matters. Like to just try to maybe, I don't know, like I don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to get. His name has been mentioned this morning, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Seattle, I guess New England's talking to him. You know, I don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to do. And now Leonard Fournette, very similar to what A.J. Dillon is, not really the Aaron Jones type. Maybe a bad example, but work with me here. If, say, the Packers decide to give Leonard Fournette a deal, and but again, that's a step back. There's a step back from what you have with Aaron Jones. And so I really do think the Packers looked at this and said, all right, we're going to give him a contract. This is the contract we want. If he wants to go get bigger money somewhere else, we're okay with it. This is the number that we have ready for Aaron Jones. This is the guaranteed money that we have for Aaron Jones, which I will remind people yet again, it is less than Delvin Cook and it's less than Alvin Kamara. This is as team friendly of a running back deal as you can get. So I don't know if Green Bay knew, and this is kind of 2A, or, and this is another reason. I don't know if Green Bay knew Aaron Jones was going to come back. I think it, they thought Aaron Jones was gone. We all thought Aaron Jones was gone. Like, listen to my podcast the last three weeks. I didn't think Aaron Jones was going to come back. How the hell did the Packers think that Aaron Jones was going to come back? I bet they didn't. I bet they looked at it and said, all right, here's our contract. Here's the guaranteed money. He, can he get more from some other team? Yeah, maybe. A team like the Patriots, a team like the New York Jets, like could they give him a, a huge deal and we're, we're looking for another running back, whether it's in the draft or it's in free agency? Yeah, that's, that's on the table. And so when Jones is like, I want to come back, I want to be a Packer for life and want to run it back, like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Take the money. And so that's okay. And Green Bay knows what they have to do. They're going to restructure Zedaria Smith. A Devontae Adams extension is coming down the pipeline, according to Pete Doherty, who was on local radio on Monday. And maybe an Aaron Rodgers extension. And, and there is that Rodgers love thing, which we can talk about a little later. So yes, Aaron Jones might not have been expected to be back, but he is, and Green Bay is going to thrive because of it. The combination, and this is another reason, this we'll put it as reason number three, the combination of Jones and Dylan is fucking instop, unstoppable. That's a really, really good combination of running backs. That is speed and power. You could have those guys, one possession, you have A.J. Dillon just carrying it, beating the shit out of you, and then the next possession, you have Aaron Jones basically slicing and dicing you, and A.J. Dillon kind of works the body, and then Aaron Jones goes for the knockout punch. This Packer running attack is going to be one of the best in football, and I I do wonder, and this this is going to make me sound like a dick, but fine, fuck it. I do wonder if some of the A.J. Dillon stuff is like, these fantasy guys who play dynasty football and are like, oh, A.J. Dillon, like we have A.J. Dillon as like a, a top fantasy guy for next year because Aaron Jones is leaving. 
and then it doesn't happen and we get all mad about it and it ruins our sort of projections and we have to change our models so we get all mad about it because you know fantasy football runs planet earth at these this point so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if that's some of the smoke we're hearing but the fact that aj that aaron jones and aj Dillon are a dynamic one-two punch it is thunder and lightning it is going to be really hard to stop especially when you have aaron jones aaron aaron rogers a lot of aaron's aj's a lot of a's aaron rogers cooking so I, I am really high on the one-two combination for the Green Bay Packers. And to that point, you need two running backs in this league. You can't really make it with just one running back. Aaron Jones is not a workhorse. Despite what you think of him, he is more like Alvin Kamara. I think he is a more useful running back than Alvin Kamara is. And actually, I don't know if he's a better player than Alvin Kamara. I think that's very debatable. I I think I'd rather have Aaron Jones than Alvin Kamara. That, that's a little spicy. You guys are probably like, wow, that's your bias, Jordan. But seriously, I, I don't know. I just think what he does on the football field is more impactful than Kamara. I think Kamara it might be a better pass catcher, but I think Jones is a better runner. And so he's not a workhorse, though. Like, he's not a guy that you're going to give the ball 30 times to. It's just not going to happen. And so you need two running backs with Aaron Jones. And, yeah, he's had some injury issues. Like, it's not uncommon that Jones has been banged up. And so to have a guy like A.J. Dillon right there ready and waiting is great. And, yeah, Jamal Williams is the odd man out. And I, and I know a lot of people are sad about that, but I think we always knew that. I think we always knew that Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, I said this back when they drafted AJ Dillon. I said, I think it's more of a Jamal Williams replacement than it is an Aaron Jones replacement. And I, I was right. And well, there, there you have it. So then the last part of it is like, why did you, could you have drafted another position? First of all, the draft is unpredictable, right? We all, we don't know Brian Gunacusa's draft board. We like to predict it. We like to think that we understand how the draft works, but it they people have no fucking clue. It drives me crazy. The wide receiver talk. The we should have got this guy. What about that guy? And it's like I look at what could have been instead of AJ Dillon. If the plan all along was Aaron Jones was going to come back. Now, I really think Green Bay didn't think he'd be back. I really don't. I think they were like, Russ Ball gave him a contract and said, this is what we're going to pay. This is what probably Aaron Jones is worth. And they were like, oh, he's not going to accept that deal. And that's why they drafted A.J. Dillon. They're like, all right, well, at least we'll have Jamal Williams replacement. We'll go get like a shifty running back, whether it's in the draft or free agency. And that's what we'll do. And so it's like, could they have drafted another position? Look, Jeremy Chin is really good for Carolina. He was drafted two spots below Dillon. He is awesome. He is so good. And that could have been a guy that was in the Raven Green position. But I think they were pretty high on Raven Green last year. And they thought Raven Green would be a talent. And I, I don't think they thought about the secondary as a position of need. And Chin is a safety linebacker. And I don't know. Is he more of a linebacker than he is a safety if, if he's a safety outside linebacker? And if that's the case, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't fit in. Maybe he's he wasn't suited for what the Packers were doing in the Mike Patton system. 
Then you have a bunch of guys that didn't play. If you look at the sort of late second, early third, Willie Gay Jr., who was a guy a lot of Packer fans kind of wanted, didn't play that much with Kansas City at all. He had like barely any pressures last season. Logan Wilson, same thing, out of Cincinnati, inside or he is Cincinnati, out of Wyoming. Inside linebacker, did not play a lick. Josh Jones, uh, left right tackle, again, a good guy for the Packers to maybe have, but he didn't play all season last year, so we have no idea what Josh Jones is. Julian O'Cara, his brother Ro- Romeo is great for the Lions. They both play in the Lions, which is cool, but Julian didn't do shit last year. So to like be like, oh, they could have drafted somebody else, I go back to this with Jordan Love. This is my argument with Jordan Love. It's like, who else was there? Like the guy that was drafted after Jordan Love was Isaiah Wilson, and he turned out to be one of the worst first round draft picks of all time. So it's like, I don't know what you want, right? Like you can say like, yeah, they should have drafted somebody else, but you look at all the guys around it and there was one guy that stands out. And even that guy might not have exactly fit in what Mike Patton was trying to do. So I don't really think drafting A.J. Dillon was a bad move. If A.J. Dillon is productive and A.J. Dillon is a reason you get to the Super Bowl, this all is a moot point. This all doesn't matter. And so I I think the idea that they can't draft multiple play, people out of position and then sign a guy back and kind of go against the grain with draft and development is okay. And guess what? For all those that get sick and tired of draft and development, who that say, oh, that's all the Packers do. They draft and develop. They actually sign a guy and they're still trying to de- draft and develop, and yet every and people have problems. So what do you want? And that that to me is one of my biggest contentions with Packer fans is it always seems like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. And this is just another example of it. All right, let's go through some other free agency stuff. Um, we have Corey Lindsley that went to the Los Angeles Chargers. I should also note that I'm taping this a little early on Tuesday morning, so 8 o'clock. So any news that is broken um, in the last 15 minutes that I've been taping, plus whatever happens after, I have no idea. I'm blind to it. So just so you know, just adding that context. So Corey Lindsley goes to the Chargers. He gets a massive deal, $12.5 million over five years. So he gets the same amount of money as Aaron Jones. Now, Warren Sharp, who just loves engagement, and I, and Warren's a smart dude. And I like Warren. Should probably preface that in my tweet to him. Like, I really do like Warren. I respect his work. I think he he's a good dude, but I just, I don't get that, that he's like, well, why wouldn't they bring back Corey Lindsley? Like, did people just forget that Corey Lindsley had a bad 2019? Do people just kind of forget that Corey Lindsley had some back issues? I my my guy Matt shouted that out on uh, Facebook today when I posted a Corey Lindsley link, and he was like, "Yeah, he had perennial back problems, and he had a bad year in 2019." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, he did," and that was something I had said about Lindsley this year is that this was really a contract year, like. Corey Lindsley was in the Bill Hall Hall of Fame of like having his best year during a contract year. He was not the number one center for the last few years. This is just, it was a one-time thing. Now, is it an outlier or is it signs of things to come? We don't know. And the Packers have been pretty good about knowing when to release linemen. And they know when to push and pull on that. And they're making a wise decision here. 
This is they have a ton of options at center. And I went through it on stonetapwi.com. You can read it there. But I, I'm not gonna be crying over spilled milk with Corey Lindsley. His wife's thread about Green Bay, which was like 25 tweets long, was really sweet. I really like that. But it's not necessarily something where I'm I'm going to look at it and say, all right, they needed Corey Lindsley back to be in the Super Bowl this year. They didn't. That was a ton of money. Corey Lindsley, it's likely that deal is not like Aaron Jones where there's an easy get out there. It seems like they want to protect Justin Herbert, the Chargers do, and that makes a lot of sense. And they obviously like what they saw from Brian Bulaga last year. And they're going back to the well again of getting a Packer lineman for their team. They also don't get Corey Davis. Um, I guess the Packers were favored in some betting circles that could get Corey Davis. He goes to Jets. Um, Big deal. Too big of a deal for the Green Bay Packers. Davis, again, a Bill Hall all-star where he had a massive contract year. Now he is 26. He was a former top five pick. And I think we've learned from Tampa Bay you always take a risk on talent. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have hated Corey Davis, but yeah, I made a lot of money there and the Jets can afford it. And so the Jets open up their pocketbooks for a guy like Davis. And I think that's a good ad. Remember, LaFleur's brother is the offensive coordinator there. I'm sure he reached out to Matt and was like, hey, can I make this work with our offense? And he's like, yeah, for sure, dude. Like you're gonna you're gonna like Corey Davis. So whoever's the quarterback there for the Jets, they get a good weapon in Corey Davis. Stephen Gilmore, I wrote about this today, but Stephon Gilmore is probably on the trading block and Green Bay should make a call. He's making seven seven million for one year. I get he's a defensive player a year. I wonder what New England's going to want for him. I would assume third or fourth round pick. And that's a no-brainer to me. If you have to give up your third-round pick for Stephon Gilmore, do it every day. You have all these compensation picks. You know, it's a third and a comp pick. Fine, fuck it. Do it. Because if you add Gilmore with Jair Alexander, good luck throwing the fucking football on the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers become so good. And if they think Gilmore can fit in Joe Barry's system, you are on the phone relentless about it. You are trying to get him here no matter what. And you do not let any of your rivals get him. I think right now, if you were to say what would be the one thing that would make you mad, I would say it would be Tampa Bay getting Stephon Gilmore. I don't think that Bill Belichick would trade to Tampa. I think Tampa's persona non grata for New England. But if Stephon Gilmore went to an NFC rival, so if he went to Seahawks or he went to the Saints, I would probably be throwing things in my room because that's a guy I do not want to go to another NFC team. He should be a Packer and Brian Gutekus should get that done. So that's number one on my wish list right now. Some rumors. So NFC North stuff. There's some rumors. Andy Dalton might be the Bears quarterback. That's like how it started. Russell Wilson, verbal meme, as they say on PMT, how it started. Russell Wilson to the Bears. How's it going? Andy Dalton to the Bears. Holy shit. I mean, that talk about an absolute clusterfuck if you're Ryan Pace. You talk about Russell Wilson and you talk about how Russell Wilson is going to be there and you're desperate to get either Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. You basically work the media like a punching bag to be like, hey, look, we're trying. And then you go get Andy Dalton. And I have some buddies who say this about the Packers, right? They're like, 
The Packers act like they're trying to make all these moves and then they don't actually do it. Some people call it the Danny Age effect. Danny Age does that a lot too, where it's like, oh, the Boss Celtics were involved, but they, they couldn't make a deal. And it's like, oh, poor Danny Age. That to me feels like what's going on with the Bears. They're, they never really had a shot. And they're, they're just throwing it out there to the media, being like, oh, yeah, we're interested. We're, we're going to do this. And it's like, oh, no, we're going to get Andy Dalton instead. The uh, the Vikings also added some more beef with De- uh, Dave Devon Tomlinson. There we go. Uh, I think I butchered his name regardless. So Tomlinson is a guy that a lot of people wanted on the Packers. I think Ross Olgram of the Packers Report pointed out that he really wouldn't be an upgrade from Dean Lowry if that's what you're really looking to replace. That Tomlinson really doesn't do much more than what Lowry did on the foot on the football field. So it's not that great of a deal. And also for the Vikings, like, what are you doing? Like, they're building this run-stopping defense. They're very, they're going to be very good against the run. I mean, Michael Pierce and Tomlinson are huge dudes in the middle. And it's like Vikings are like, all right, we're going to run it back. And maybe that's what Mike Zimmer wants. And the Vikings have been known for having just huge space eaters throughout the time of Zimmer. But they still have a lot of problems in that secondary. And unless they address those I'm, and they address Kirk Cousins, I'm not ready to take the Vikings seriously. So banner day from the NFC North. And also, yeah, the Lions are tanking. I mean, they brought back Okara, but the Lions are, are in a, a soft tank, as someone called it. I forget who, who said that, but that's kind of what we're looking at for Detroit. I'm sure they'll give Green Bay a game because that, that the Lions have become like the Pittsburgh Pirates of, of football where like every game between the Pirates and the Brewers is just so fucking weird, especially in Pittsburgh. It is never normal. And that is basically what Packers Lions have become. It's just never normal. So that's, I guess, where where we are with that. I guess the last game, Packers Lions, it was kind of a blow up, but eh, they let the Lions hang around. I think the Lions covered the spread, but it was a kind of a normal game. We'll see what happens as the week goes on. I'm sure we'll have free agency updates as the as the season continues to launch here. And excited to get back. It's fun. Uh, just definitely all this NFL talk is great. It's a good buffer with having the NCAA tournament now on Sat on Friday. You it kind of carries you through the week. It's like you at least have that to talk about, and you're not just going over the same games over and over again. Moving on to basketball, not talking March Madness, but talking Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, rolled the Washington Wizards 133-122, to a great win for the Bucks. They were up by 26 at one point in the second half. Now, the Wizards went on a run. Bradley Beal got hot. Uh, not really a surprise. Um, you know, that's going to happen, right? It's the NBA. But the Bucks did a great job of kind of stomping on their throat. It's like there, it was close. It was definitely getting to that point where it might be tight in another fourth quarter. And then the Bucks pulled away. And good on them for it. Um, really good game for Giannis. Another triple double. 31 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, and he is now putting himself front and center into the MVP discussion. It helps the fact that Joel Embiid is going to be out now for the next two to three weeks, maybe a little more. And I'm not cheering Joel Embiid's injury. Don't get me wrong. Don't get that twisted. The fact of the matter is, is that because Embiid is out, 
and he's not going to put up stat lines, there's going to be a lot of Giannis chatter. And they do have a lot of primetime games upcoming. So I think there's going to be more and more noise around Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the more that he has these big ass performances and that he's making free throws and leveling up, it's hard for people to look at and say, well, we can't vote for Giannis for a third straight MVP because that's just not what we do. And I know I said that, right? Like I know that I said, I don't need a third MVP. I just need Giannis to play at an MVP level, which he's done for God, a month and a half, maybe more, maybe two months. It's been incredible to watch Giannis flip this switch and get comfortable in this new system has been a joy to watch. And this Bucks offense has been cooking. They are doing some great things with Drew Holiday out there. Now, I had a little too many turnovers last night, but still, 133 points is not anything to shake your dick at. I know the Wizards' defense is porous. I know it's not good. But still, to get 130-plus is, is definitely something. And yeah, Giannis... It's it's he's going to be in that MVP conversation. He's had he has more of a case than LeBron James right now. I know the LeBron media mafia, as Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo like to say, are all about LeBron and they all want LeBron to get this MVP. But it's it, it really does he deserve it? It's a lifetime achievement award more than anything else. That's what you'd be giving LeBron with the MVP at this point. It would be the Lifetime Achievement Award. He hasn't really had this incredible season. He's just playing like LeBron, but the stats just don't bear out. Like, Jokic is having a better year than LeBron James, right? Like, to me, it's in any order. It's Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. That, to me, is the top three, and then LeBron. And I know I'm not the biggest LeBron guy, if you've listened to this podcast, but still, I just don't see what the Lakers are doing and say, all right, yeah, you have to anoint LeBron. Like, if they were the number one team in the in the West and they were just beating up teams even without Anthony Davis, then yeah, LeBron has a real case. But that's, that's not happening. And if the Lakers do have that in the second half, yeah, LeBron's going to definitely be right there. And the noise and the hype around LeBron will get very loud post-NCAA tournament. I think that's when you're going to start seeing the surge of fans sort of pile into that LeBron MVP debate. And it could start now with Embiid being hurt. Because because the front runner is hurt and down now for two to three weeks, other bit players are going to emerge. You have to talk about other players. And it should start with Giannis Antetokounmpo because what he's doing is Giannis 3.0. Giannis, the passer, has been a revelation. Giannis, the free throw maker, has been great. Nathan Marzon uh, had a tweet yesterday. Giannis has made the last 150 of 200 free throws. That is 80% for the kids at home. The narrative about Giannis not being able to make free throws is gone. Find a new fucking slant when it comes to the Greek freak because it's not that. And those who talk about Giannis's free throw issues have not been paying attention. That is our first way to tell if someone isn't watching the Milwaukee Bucks is if they do not see that Giannis is improved on his free throws dramatically. And that will be a telltale sign for all of us. But yes, he should be the MVP conversation starter. I'm not saying he's the front runner. 
I'm just saying he should be the conversation starter, and he has broken down that door. And he's deserving of it. He's playing really great basketball, and the Bucks are thriving because of it. They have won nine of their last ten games, and a huge reason is because of Antetokounmpo. Now, there were some good games from other guys on, on the court. The Bucks had, what, they have three, four starters with 20 points or more? Brooke Lopez, 22 points, four, eight, eight rebounds, all done inside the paint. Brooke, I think this is a sign you got to go into the paint more, bud. Like, I think you got to be more of a paint monster in the next few weeks. Like, this this should open his eyes. Maybe it helps him sort of, you know, get his groove back. He's looked really good the last few games. You heard Mitch mention it. Yeah, they had three guys in, in uh, with 20 or more. Uh, Middleton had 23, and then Holiday had, had 15. Another kind of rough game from Holiday from the fields, only 6 of 14. It's going to get better. I'm not really that concerned. Uh, Drew Holiday, you know, still kind of working his way back uh, from COVID. Chris Middleton had a really good first half. He kind of tailed off in the second, but he was really aggressive, kind of the first time in a while. We've seen that aggressive side of Chris Middleton. Hopefully we see more of that. I, I don't know if that was a tape thing, if that was just an adjustment thing, but Middleton was getting his buckets early. And I think when Milwaukee is really cooking, it's when Chris Middleton is aggressive early and often. And so you definitely need to see more of that from Middleton. And so, yeah, really good game from the Bucks. And now you have Philly on Sat on Wednesday. And Philly's playing really good basketball. Even without Embiid, they are the top team in the NBA in terms of a net rating over the last five games. Philly's net rating is an absurd 20 which net rating starts at zero. So just take that into consideration, right? So that's where Philly is right now. And that is, that's wild. That's really tough to deal with. There is no team, oh, 19.1, excuse me. But there's no team that's close to that. They are, the Hawks are 10 and a half right now over their last five games. Brooklyn's 10.3, the Suns are 10.2. And then the Bucks here are 4.4 at number eight. So Philly is just cooking. So this is going to be a tough game for the Bucs. This is not going to be easy, even without Embiid. I said it in, in the blog today, but I'll say it here too. They're in a no-win situation, unfortunately, because you basically are going to have the, if they win, it's like, well, they didn't have Embiid, so it doesn't matter. And if they lose, it's like, well, what would happen if Embiid was there? So that that sucks. That's really shitty for the Bucs. And I don't look forward to those quote-unquote narratives that will come after that game. Looking at the standings, the Bucks can't break through that second or first spot because Philly and Brooklyn keep winning basketball games. Right now, this is kind of crazy. Right now, you have the top six teams in the in the East. Four out of, or I'm sorry, five out of six have won four more games of late. And then you have the Hawks there at the eighth spot who've won five straight. And so, you, so yeah, if you go all top eight, you have six of eight that have won all, like, four out of the last five. That's crazy. A lot of hot streaks, a lot of things that are rolling in the right direction for teams in the, the NBA's Eastern Conference. The haters are sick that the Eastern Conference is actually looking like it's worth a damn, especially those top three. And that might be a podcast topic for another time, but I'd argue right now 
the top three in the East is better than the top three in the West. I I just I I don't see it right now in terms of this Jazz. The Jazz kind of fallen off a little bit. They've been struggling on the road, and the Suns. I don't know. The Suns are the Suns real? I'm 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 still like not entirely there yet with the Suns. And then the Lakers are kind of lurking there at the three spot. All right, let's move on to baseball and wrap up today's show. So Ryan Braun looks to be done. Uh, I, 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 I think I said in the opening, he might be done. I think he's done. And that sucks, right? That I'm a huge Ryan Braun guy. Ryan Braun forever. It, it's been such a joy to watch Ryan Braun. And I really think the Brewers should have sort of a Ryan Braun day. If they're convinced Ryan Braun isn't going to come back, and they're convinced that Ryan Braun is done with baseball, um, there should definitely be a Ryan Braun day, whether it's in August or September, and do it the right way and have a ceremony and send him off in the proper proper way. Um, you know, there won't be probably 45,000 fans. You know, we're not Florida UFC having 15,000, which is great. I'm really excited for them, and I'm really excited for Texas, who's going to have a full stadium uh, for the Brewer Ranger exhibition game. But at least, I don't know how many fans, who knows what COVID's going to do, right? But let's hypothetically say 25,000 or 30,000 are able to be there for a last hurrah for Ryan Braun. And if Ryan Braun decides not to play at all, and I, I wouldn't close that door. I do wonder if Ryan Braun's told him like, hey, if you guys are doing well in, in July and you need an extra bat, like I'm here, like just let me know and I'll start working out. I'll start training. I'll start getting myself acclimated so I can come be a contributor of this team and sort of be a player coach maybe in like August and September. That would be amazing. But I don't know if that's what Ryan Braun's going to do. It seems like Ryan Braun has sort of made peace, right? You you hear his comments the last couple of days when he was in Arizona paying these guys a surprise visit. It just sort of seemed like he was like at peace, and it, 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 he's like, I don't miss this. Like it was kind of granky esque where they asked him if he missed it, and he's like, Nah, I don't really miss it. And I get it, right? Like he's a he's an older guy. They have to quarantine. They can't really be going out. You know, I'm sure he doesn't miss it. I'm sure he enjoys being with his family. And he's talked about, you know, he's parents. He's a parent to three kids. He has other business adventure ventures going on. You know, Ryan Braun obviously had the thing with Aaron Rodgers, and he also had what was what was the name of his his shirt company? Oh, I'm forgetting it. You guys are gonna kill me. What the fuck was his shirt company? It was the affliction stuff. It was terrible. But like Ryan Braun's always kind of tried to be an entrepreneur. Let's just put it that way, right? And so I'm not surprised that Ryan Braun's sort of like, all right, I'm looking at the second step of my career. I'm looking to, you know, kind of expand that brand and sort of make myself money after baseball too. But I do want Ryan Braun to get some sort of send-off. So whether it's a Ryan Braun day or he does come back for the second half of the season, I'm not going to close the door. Um, Ryan Braun pub crawl, which I've said I will do when Ryan Braun officially hangs it up, that's happening. Like We're going to have it happen. Everyone will be vaccinated. It'll be awesome. We're going to have a great time. And yeah, the Ryan Braun pub crawl is on. So when that does happen, we'll let you know and we'll we'll work on the details. We'll figure it out. Make shirts. It'll be a thing. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll get real drunk and celebrate the career of Ryan Braun. And I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to it. So 
with that, that'll do it for the show today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably do maybe a little bit on Bucks Sixers. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe maybe not. Maybe we'll talk, I'm sure, NFL free agency. Be really great if the Packers make a deal, so I have something to talk about. Uh, maybe some tournament stuff. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll, but we'll be back tomorrow regardless. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we'll talk tomorrow. All right, see you. Bye.